Hi, welcome to our podcast, She Inspires. A podcast created to inspire community, connection, empowerment, and courage. Designed for women who are committed to standing tall, living bravely, dreaming big, and celebrating life fully. I'm Gina Marie. And this is Haley. And we're so excited for our second episode, and we have two of our best friends with us today. We do. We have two special guests today, and we are here with Katie and Jamie, and we are so excited for them to be here because... They were both, well, they're our dear friends, and they're also yoga teachers with us at BIG, which is our yoga studio in Houston, Texas, and they were both at our Love Your Belly Movement event on Sunday, which was a huge success. Huge success. We are so, so happy about it. So Mm -hmm. Katie and Jamie, welcome. We're so glad you guys are here. Thank you. Thank you for being Mm -hmm. here. And we had the best event on Sunday. We had the best event. And we our had the event, best time. We did. Um, there were maybe almost 30 yogis there. Yes, 30 yogis. So we had 30 yogis, and Gina Marie and I co-taught a class that was all about loving your body and loving yourself and celebrating mm-hmm. all that you are, exactly as you are today. And we just had a blast doing it. Yeah, and we had people that practice regularly, teachers, and we had my aunt who had never taken a class <laughs> aunt before. Karen. <laughs> and she was really struggling, and she held in there. She hey, did she did a job. great time. She did such a good uh, job. Gina Marie's aunt is fabulous. She's she showed so up fun. ready to go. Lady had two pairs of yogi toe socks, mm-hmm. had her mat, brought a friend, was yes. ready to go. Shout out to Aunt Karen. We love you. We do love you, Aunt Karen. <laughs> and then at our event, we also had people who had just heard about it on social media and just showed up. We had a couple of men show up as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, we love to call them our men behind the movement. And so it was really wonderful to have several, we had almost five guys there yeah, um, Mm -hmm. supporting us and being there, and they were, they did a great job through the practice, and then a couple of them stayed afterwards. We had a community circle, Mm -hmm. and um, the community circle was something for me at our event that was really special, and it was really wonderful to sit around with a group of individuals who were then had a space to share and to speak about themselves and their bodies in a way that was vulnerable and brave and bold. And I learned things about like Katie and Jamie, some of my best friends that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a wonderful, safe space for them to them and us and everybody there to do that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I felt so connected to everybody Mm -hmm. that was there and um, I felt less alone. Mm -hmm. It made me realize that, we all have things that we're hiding and we're struggling with about ourselves and our bodies. Um, so it was really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. How'd y'all feel? I loved the event and I specifically loved the, the community circle and getting to hear people that I knew and people that I didn't know share about their bodies in a way that wasn't exactly like you were mm-hmm. saying, incredibly vulnerable. Yes. Um, and then, me having the ability to just speak into a space without there being anyone responding back to me. Yeah, so that was just the the vulnerability and the ability to be to share and and feel so supported and seen and it actually provided a lot of clarity for myself on things that I thought I'd been really clear on like oh like I'm I'm good with my body now and then listening to everyone else share it's like you know what I'm I'm not and that's okay and there's a way to start to shift into that like mm. through the support of this type of community that you guys are creating so it was mm. it was amazing I loved it I'm so mm. glad yeah. you were there yeah it was such a special special event 2 hours of being with people 
And um, yeah, it was just really interesting to be in such a space where everyone was sharing things that were opening up for them with this vision that you guys had and that you guys started and um, like what was opening up for them and, and how their lives were being impacted by it. And for me personally, it was like being able to be reminded to add in love for my body like mm-hmm. constantly and being in that space of love and letting go of judgment when it's easy to be hard on yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and hard on your body, that your body's not performing a certain way. It doesn't look a certain way and that it is, it's great just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing and creating that space. It was so special. Thank you for being there. It was yeah. Great. It was wonderful. And we got, Katie took a bunch of pictures on what we like to yes. call a fancy camera. Mm-hmm. So we got lots of pictures on our fancy camera and we'll post some of those too on social media. So look out for at love your belly movement on Instagram and on Facebook. And we'll keep posting those on tomorrow's TBT, right? Mm-hmm. We'll throw one up for a throwback Thursday yeah. and keep putting those out for everyone to see. Hashtag love your belly movement. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to do today was have a conversation about body image Mm -hmm. and we couldn't think of two more perfect friends to talk about this with since it is such a well it's a it's a vulnerable topic um so what when was the first time that you really noticed yourself struggling with that like something was either different about your body or that you started to scrutinize or look at your body in a way like from outside that was different from how you just felt on the inside Mm -hmm. I have a really clear picture of when that was for me um and I I grew up like with the most amazing family in the world and with a mom who I, who's who's gorgeous. I think my mom is beautiful because she is. <laughs> and um, I look very, very similar to her. Like if she walked into a room, we walked into a room together, there would be no question that we were mother-daughter. And I remember standing, I was about 11 or 12, and I remember standing in her bedroom and she had like their closet was just floor-to-ceiling mirrors. And standing in there with her and her saying, John, which is my dad, come see this. Like, come in here and look at this. Look at our legs. This is crazy. We look exactly alike. Oh, Katie, I am so sorry that I gave you my legs. And I remember being like, what? Why? And then hearing my mom talk about that, like, shorts don't look good on our legs or capri pants don't look good on our legs or don't you wish that we had legs like this person and then I put two and two together that like oh well she thinks that she doesn't look the way that she's supposed to and I know I look like her so now I know that I don't look the way that I'm supposed to either and that was just like very clear for me from about that age on Mm -hmm. so that was the first time for me Isn't it interesting how I have that same experience, like, with my mom? And I think it's because we look up to our moms so much Mm -hmm. and love them so much that, like, for me, I had the same experience. My mom is very thin, and she's beautiful. Like, people always look at my mom, and she is, like, the star of the show anywhere we go, even now in her 60s. And I always remember, and my experience was a little different, Katie, is I always wished I looked more like her and yet people say we're identical but I always saw my body as being bigger than hers 
and hers being smaller than mine and how we how could we look the same up here but then of different body types and I always wished mine was more like hers or different like hers and um, there was always something that growing up and I think for me it was probably in high school or freshman year is when my body started to change even more so than it had when I was in middle school I was thinner and then when I got to high school I got more like the athletic build and I was always an athlete and bigger and stronger and people used to in high school call me a beast and I love that mm. and then secretly was like well, what does that mean about me like if I'm a beast am I not beautiful mm-hmm. yeah. if I'm a beast it means I'm a badass on the soccer field but can I be that and be beautiful and cute mm-hmm. and dainty and yeah mm-hmm. and that was always a conversation that that I had and it was always from me comparing myself to my mom mm-hmm. and what she looked like and looking up at her and being like, oh, the mirror there. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It's like that, for me, like that's exactly what it is, is like a, almost like a revering of my mom. Like I mm-hmm. love my mom so much and I've always thought she was so beautiful. And I remember when I was little, I would come home and be like, you're the prettiest mom, like in mm-hmm. all of the school, like I think you're so, and she would never accept that. She was like, stop it. No, I'm not. And I was just like, at that age, it was just like, Okay, yes, you are. Um, and then okay, bye, I gotta go play. Once, once, it, once it was, like, clear mm-hmm. that you looked so much alike, then, then it just started to be like, oh, well, then, like, I am just like my mom. So mm-hmm. it was just more of, like, an acceptance that happened for me at yeah. a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mine, I don't think I've ever talked about this. So this is um, an interesting conversation that's, like, bringing something forth for me. Um Mine was more of, like, my relationship with my dad. It was, like, he saw me as his little girl. Mm. And I treasured that. Like, that was held in such high regard. Everyone was, like, you're your dad's little girl. And then when puberty started to happen and my body started to change, he made comments about it. Like, oh, you're not my little – like, you're not my little girl anymore. You're growing up. Like, things are changing. And, like, oh, you need to wear a sports bra now. And it was, for me, like, a negative thing. It was, Mm. like, oh – I don't get to be my dad's little girl anymore and I need to suppress this. I need to start wearing like really tight things on top to like suppress my Mm -hmm. chest and to not be seen. Right. And I still want to be like valued and treasured as dad's little girl. And I remember like, and it was at a young age too. It was like probably like fifth grade and like going into sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And I remember each year going into like the next year of middle school that's when I would let myself change my bra size because for some reason I thought that like the students would notice that like I changed my bra size some point like in during the school year or something (laughs) and Jamie's getting bigger you know or something like that and and so it's just interesting that for years I grew up like going through puberty like the most important part of like becoming a woman and feeling like I couldn't like grow into that, that I actually had to like suppress that and push mm, that down it. and hide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I can see how that not only just played out like physically and how I held myself, but in other parts of my life now, like just talking about this right now and this really important topic that you guys are bringing up, like light bulbs going off mm-hmm. in my head. This is a really important conversation you guys are having. Well, I had the same experience, Jamie. I started my period when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I got boobs when I was in fifth grade. And all of a sudden, I shot up. And I was the tallest girl 
in the class. And and for you guys to know, Gina's not super no, tall. No, I'm five four, <laughs> and I'm taller than some of the boys. Like, and I remember my two best friends growing up, um, Maggie and Krista, were both tiny. I mean, like itty bitty. Maggie was a preemie, so she was just skin and bones, and Krista was about the same size. And I remember feeling big because they were so tiny. And granted, I, I was not big. <laughs> and um, compared to them, I was. And so I started to feel like I was the bigger one, and I started to hide specifically the parts of my body that were changing and becoming a woman. I wanted to stay little. I remember this is such a random story, but I remember we used to sing and dance in our backyard and put on like little performances. <laughs> and Maggie and Krista could still get away with performing like naked. They look like <laughs> little girls, right? And I remember coming out of the bathroom one day and and we were about to perform for no one but ourselves. But and they didn't have their their tops on and they were completely flat chested. And I came out and I was not chested and I remember thinking I can't be a part of the group anymore like I'm I have to hide this and so I would be very very self-conscious of my body and what it looked like and then the interesting thing that happened was that lasted maybe until middle school and then when everyone else started to develop and grow taller or whatever it would be I lost that actually and I felt very very confident and from middle school until college I never thought about my body at all never it wasn't until I moved to New York and I was in grad school and I got a really regimented schedule and then I turned that regimented schedule on myself and I was Mm -hmm. extremely controlling of what I ate when I would work out my routine and then from then on, for a few years, it was it was my sole focus was what am I going to put in my body? What am I not going to put in my body? Right. How many times can I work out? What can I burn off? And it just became like something that took over. Like I lost control over it for a while. So it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when was it for you, Gina Murray, that things started shifting back the other way because like you said it was at one point when you were little and then that disappeared and then it came back Mm -hmm. has there been a time up to now when it started shifting for you yeah definitely I mean through yoga and through the group (coughs) of friends that I have around me right now and with my husband and just this realization that I am enough I don't have to things out I don't have to be really strict on myself or hard on myself it's been it's been really huge for me and um having people around that support me in that is has been monumental I mean even just the three of you at this table when I think about the way you treat your bodies and what I love one of my most cherished things to do is to eat with these ladies because they go all out. <laughs> they go all out. We do. And I very rarely go all out when it comes to eating and it allows me to when I do to feel totally okay with it. So that's something that I'm very very thankful for with our friendship is you've helped me so much 
more than I think you even know. Um, so it's been a I blessing. love that. We, Gina Marie and I have been talking, and we haven't shared that yet with you, Katie or Jamie or any of our listeners, mm-hmm. that um, we've been talking to a couple of people in Houston about potentially doing a workshop for women in Houston and looking at how we talk about food and specifically how we talk about and relate to food and how we then what we do with it when we put it in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So like Gina Marie, you said going all out. It's like, for me, that's an opportunity to enjoy a full meal, enjoy a glass of wine, enjoy dessert if I want it in order for it to feed and nourish my body and my soul. And knowing that doing that isn't unhealthy. It's actually exactly what my body needs at times. And starting to relate to food in a way that gives our bodies life mm-hmm. and supports us in a yoga practice and in whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And not feeling, I guess that's something for me too, is like growing up, I always felt bad about eating certain things. Like if I ate a bagel or mm-hmm. ice cream or whatever, I felt bad about it and then thought, oh, now I need to go work out. Mm-hmm. Or I need to eat better the next day. And that still comes with me. And it's an interesting balance of like eating healthy and sustaining my body to allowing myself to splurge. Mm -hmm. It's okay to eat different things. Mm -hmm. And I know you've talked about that before, Katie, about food and what just relating to it in a different way. Yeah. So food is, it has been very tricky for me and at times can continue kind of kind of what you were saying um in the past my relationship with food has like I I love food I love to eat like I like to try a bunch of different foods like there's not really a lot of things that I don't love and I will have really I'll go through periods where I have really what I'll call interesting eating habits where I will eat and 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 most of the time to be honest like it's it's not even by force. It's just like by that's what I'm eating, but I'll eat like, I don't know, like there was a period of like two months where the only thing that I would eat was avocado toast, like sourdough bread with avocado. And sometimes I would Mm -hmm. eat like an egg with it and I would eat that for breakfast and lunch Mm -hmm. and dinner. So, and like, and when that starts to happen, I'm like, Oh, something's wrong with me. Like, why am I, why am I only eating this? And there absolutely has been the other, um, there has, I have gone onto the end of the spectrum where, I will track like very, very closely what I'm eating and what I'm putting into my body. And I'll use the apps where, you know, I'm tracking like mm. calories that I'm putting in mm. and you're supposed to put in the exercise that you're doing, except my tendency was I would never add in the exercise and I would, you know, give me three days and then it would be a competition with myself. Well, if I ate 1200 calories yesterday, then I need to make sure that today I only eat like 1150 and if I did that today then tomorrow I'm only gonna eat 1100 and if Mm -hmm. I worked out once yesterday I'm gonna work out twice today yeah um and that will then carry on for a while until I recognize like okay actually this is you know what started as a goal for me to be healthy and being very mindful about what I'm eating very quickly for me can turn into um very vicious cycle like unhealthy very that appears healthy right so it's it and it Mm -hmm. starts well intentioned for me and for me what what has ended up working is what has ended up working at times because I still will fall into those patterns where I'm like I will like I'll 
not allow myself to eat things because like I feel bad about it or I, I haven't worked out since Saturday so I'm not going to eat that and I'll catch myself still doing that and what has helped me to start to relate to food in a more positive light is two things and that's viewing like food as fuel for my body. I love being yes. incredibly active. I love my yoga practice. I like going to spin class. I, I'm not like a lounger around or like I like to be on the move and in order for that, in order for me to live the type of life I love, I have to be fueled well. Mm -hmm. And so that includes healthy food, but it also includes making sure that I'm eating an adequate amount. Like right now my thing is like getting an adequate amount of protein. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I, yes. I'm not great at. So it's something that I'm continuing to learn with. And the other thing the second thing for me with food is, is there are days like today where it's just like, I'm eating what I want to eat. And again, sometimes I like, I crave weird things where I will only eat avocado toast straight for two months. And today I wanted rice for breakfast. <laughs> and there are like a million other days where I'd be like, that's not a healthy breakfast. So you're going to eat some like Greek yogurt and some of this gluten-free granola and fruit. And today, like, uh, I ate rice for breakfast. <laughs> but, right, which I also love that. I also love that. And today, I woke up and I really wanted rice for breakfast. And so that's all I ate was rice for breakfast. And so that's just like a balance of allowing, I think, is really the big thing for me. Mm. I really like that word yeah. with food. Allowing and allowing mm -hmm. myself and my body to get what it needs. Yeah. Or what it wants. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and what it wants. So it's it is a balance between need and want, and and I still struggle. Like up until today, like I still struggle with with the with viewing food as like a negative thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's life sustaining. So really, it should yes. be viewed as a positive thing, and it's enjoyable, and it's social, and it's such a big part of my social life with you guys. Um, you know what I love about it too, at least in like the yoga aspect of it with food and, you know, in yoga and we teach Baptiste inspired powerful flow classes. And part of teaching yoga is that, um, but Baron Baptiste, he says, come as you are, not as you should be. Mm -hmm. And like, I love that in yoga, we allow in, in like our yoga is for everybody mm -hmm. to be who they are, how they are in the moment. And I feel like that's the same with food. Each body is unique. Each person is unique with what they need, whether they need hot foods or cold foods. Like Gina Marie and I couldn't be more different in our eating habits. Yeah. Like Gina Marie's body needs a lot of cooling foods and fresh vegetables and fruit. And my body craves heat, warming, meats, eggs, mm -hmm. like all that type of food. And so... Spicy. Right. Me, I love spicy. <laughs> she can't do it. If I have one bite, I have to, I have to spit it out. <laughs> I've seen this girl on more than one occasion get a napkin, and I'm like, oh, so something sorry. spicy. She got something. Spit it out. Uh, and it doesn't work for your body. No, it doesn't. Your body just doesn't want it. So there's no reason to force your body to mm -hmm. eat something that it doesn't, that doesn't mesh with it, that doesn't right. work for you. And I know... Um, yeah, and I think we're just we're just all unique in that. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear Jamie what your thoughts are on that because I know you have unique thoughts on that too. Yeah, I, I think you speak to something that's really interesting that a lot of us lose sight to is like one diet may work, and I say diet, but I really mean lifestyle, like mm -hmm. lifestyle yes. of the way you eat your food, whether you're a vegan or raw foodist or et cetera, et cetera, like. That may work really great for your body, and that doesn't mean that it might not work for the other person's body. And um, I've played around with a lot of different 
diet lifestyles and and I think that they're all great and I think it's good to explore and I think it's really important not to be hard on yourself yes like if if you eat like 10 cookies one night you know like great you filled your soul and your body up and you felt really good and great about it and then like you move on the next day and that's Mm -hmm. it you know you know what I love about that is you know we asked in January talk I asked you a little bit ago like what was the thing for you that shifted you to a different way of relating to your body and for me I'm thinking about what shifted for me in a different way of relating to my body is what you're speaking about Jamie where it's when I found a diet a food source and an exercise source that worked for my body things started to work for me more naturally It was when I was forcing myself to do one thing or another that didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I found out, it was almost a year and a half ago now, that I am very allergic to wheat. Like my body is highly allergic to it. And it's like a year and a half ago, all of a sudden my lips started swelling up. And these guys will tell you. Oh my God. (laughs) I used to come to the studio and they'd be huge and people would be like, Girl, what lip gloss are you wearing? That looks mm. good. And I'd be like crying. She's like, it's pain. <laughs> it does not feel good. <laughs> My poor lips were so big and blistered and raw. Mm-hmm. And it went on for months. They thought I was allergic to some kind of lipstick. Then they thought I was allergic to toothpaste. So I was brushing my teeth with strawberry children's toothpaste for a month. And I do not recommend it because it's not great. And then that was it and nothing was helping. So I finally went to an allergist and he goes, he was a funny man. And he was like, honey, you allergic to wheat? And I was like, huh? I, I never, I never, when this was all happening, I never thought it would be food. Yeah. I never thought it would be food. And as soon as I cut wheat out of my diet, within weeks, I mean, two weeks and I was 100% better. Mm-hmm. And now a year later, my body feels better than it has in a long time because I've discovered what works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that food a lot of times maybe should be the first thing we look at to heal us. Mm-hmm. And if something's ailing us or we don't feel well, mm-hmm. looking at, okay, how are we fueling our body? Yeah, I think that's so important what you say because now you're living a life where you feel better, mm-hmm. not only just physically but mentally, and you're doing something to like love yourself and take care of yourself. Yes. And it took you having to like take the time to go figure out, well, what mm-hmm. does my body require? Mm-hmm. What does this body require and what can I do to make it happy? Yes, you exactly. Know? And this body still loves pizza and pasta bolognese yeah. and and that's what it gets. It's just rice noodles <laughs> instead of wheat noodles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Haley, so something that's that's really interesting that I'm starting to think about is is we've shared that all of us have had, you know, certain like parts where we're trying to kind of control what we're putting mm-hmm. in and then you just said that Baron Baptiste quote about like being as you are, not as you mm-hmm. should be and we've been talking about allowing. And for me, like the shift has started to be in controlling what my food is and I will I go through periods where I am I'm vegetarian and then I am not eating dairy and then I go through another period where Mm -hmm. I'm back to being vegetarian and now I'm gluten-free and in the past it's been a lot about I have a lot of things externally that like everybody does that you can't control in your life and so I think a lot of us can can easily latch onto something like food that's easily controllable. And so it's something that it's just like, well, I can't control anything else, but I can control, 
either the calories that I'm putting in or whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And so it's starting and then and then it starts to be like like with you and and with me recently too, cutting out like gluten and wheat products um, as a result of an autoimmune disorder. And it's it's more of like an allowing and allowing my body to like feel okay. Well, it's not like a control. It's I like I allow myself to now feel better by making this food choice. Right. Yeah, I think that that's that's a big shift that that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Also, with like changing just the relationship that we all have with food, I think to allowing. Mm. Yeah, this I mean it's a lot. It's a lot to think about, and it's a lot to take in and. I'm constantly learning. I mean, I think I'm, I'm just past, you know, where I've been in my past, where I am super, super restrictive and controlling and I'm past it. And I have to consciously think about not allowing myself to go there. It's very easy for me to go there. And, um, especially when it comes to the type of yoga that we practice, it's a very physical practice and it's heated and I have to make sure that I'm fully giving myself the nutrients and Mm -hmm. the uh, water and the electrolytes that it needs after a practice like that because it's very easy for me to slip into a habit where I'm practicing, 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 and I'm just grabbing something on the go, and I'm drinking a little bit of water here and there, and then my body's not, I'm not taking care of myself. So it's, and I know for me, and I can totally relate to what you're saying, Katie, like there's days when I'm really, really good with my healing process with my self-image, and there are days when I'm just back in the trenches again, Mm -hmm. you know? Would you like to share about the revelation you had in your yoga practice the other day? Yes. Yes. So I have come to realize that I'm a control freak. <laughs> no, Gina Marie turns to me after after we had just practiced yoga, an hour of sweaty, powerful flow, and she goes, I had a revelation. I go, what? She goes, I'm a control freak. And I just lost it. I am. I am. And when I get fixated on something mm-hmm. – I completely lose all sight of anything else. And this is not something that I had growing up. It really is something I developed when I was in grad school. My dad says it this way. He says that I'm a type F personality. No, I've never heard that. And I was, it doesn't really exist. Oh, and I was doing that. And I was squeezing my way into a type A personality. And so then I just took with it and ran and just tried to, control so you everything. ran all the way to f i Is ran the all the way to, well no i went from f and i ran all the way to a okay <laughs> so i went the opposite direction because growing up i was i mean i'm i'm an artist so like i'm a musician i'm a singer so i was very lackadaisical and i remember i went to school one day and i forgot my shoes and you know i was just like mom i don't have shoes and i'm you know walking around with my white socks <laughs> Um, in elementary school and then and then it's drastically changed like and that's part of me is still there Um, but I'm also way more intense on things and um, yeah so realizing it is helping me drastically that's the first step and it's taken me 30 years to get there yes well and that's why I asked you to share that because I think one of the biggest things is actually noticing 
when maybe something has control over you yeah. versus you having control over it. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step, and I loved how you said it, Gina Marie, in healing and um, coming to a place of happiness and ease and allowing your body to be the way it is, is in noticing the areas and the ways that you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Noticing the areas that you maybe are being controlled by something, whether it is counting calories or um, not allowing yourself to eat something yeah. or not allowing your body to rest. Um, I know, you know, me growing up when I was trying to lose weight, cause I always cycled when I was, I went to boarding school in high school. So I always went away for school and then I came back home. So I was away from all my childhood friends while I was at school and then I'd come back home and anytime I was home, I lost weight. I'd go to school. I'd gain weight. Mm-hmm. I'd come home in the summer, drop 20 pounds. I'd go back to school, gain 20 pounds back over the school year. And that happened all the way through high school and college because that was, that was the cycle. And I couldn't tell you why. I mean, in college, it was certainly beer Oof. and pasta because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what happened then. And in high school, I think it was just I was on my own and I didn't. I just didn't eat well. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I ate, you know, bagels for breakfast. I was on the East Coast. And then a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner. And I just wasn't wasn't eating healthy foods. And and so I'd, I'd come home in the summer. And I remember whenever I was trying to lose weight, I would go to bed. And I'd be in my room. And I'd be about to get in bed and be like, no, Haley, you have to do 10 more push-ups, mm-hmm. 100 more sit-ups Gosh, I totally every night that. before yeah. you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And it was in... You know, in those moments where I wouldn't even allow myself to rest and be in bed, I had to stay up late to work out a little more. Yes. To exercise. And that had me. I was not, you know, that was over me. I don't know. What is that part of us? You know, I think it's the part that we hide from everyone. At least for me it is. And that's why I think this conversation is so important. I think so too. I mean like of the other three of you, like I used to do that too. Me too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So like all four of us sitting here have never had this conversation and all four of us used to not allow ourselves to go to bed until we did like the 10 push-ups that like you read about in Lord knows what magazine we were reading. Toned arms, you do 10 push ups and 50 sit ups every day, you will look like Britney Spears. Right. Oh, my wish, my dream. Well, it was like you're under the impression that by doing that, by staying up late and doing that, that there's going to be some positive impact. Right. And really, it's not really positively helping you because it's controlling you. Yes. It has a hold yeah. of you. Yes, absolutely. And I think that it comes back to what the reason why we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. like the being able to be fully proud Mm -hmm. and um, accepting of who you are and what your body looks like. And um, some days that's easier than others. And I think the important thing too with this podcast is like, we're having this conversation so that other people hear it and realize that it's not, abnormal and it's a conversation that's okay to have and on on the days that it's harder than others that you can talk to people about Mm -hmm. that instead of like Mm -hmm. continuing to try to hide like that along with the parts of your body that you've been trying to hide and it's just something that we all go through and that should just be in the open you know my my journey with my body and not being kind to my body all the time and harming my body with things I always felt very alone I always felt like I was the only one Mm -hmm. going through it. When that 
is certainly not the case, was not the case then, is not the case now. And I think that from sharing, from talking about it, us, and then also, you know, our hope is that the people listening do as well mm -hmm. and start to have conversations about this to bring it out in the open and to generate support and community and conversation and to heal through relationships, both with others and with themselves. Yeah, I already feel so much better now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hear so much of your story and it sounds like my story. Mm -hmm. And it's, for me, it's a real sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. And now what's even more amazing about this is now that I now I know this when things start to come up like you're saying Katie I can talk to y'all about it and yeah. I keep it in my mind and mm -hmm. let it eat away at me this has been really good this has been really good I'm so excited to have more of these conversations we're so excited <laughs> and what we're up to we want I'm so excited to through these conversations and through more just keep celebrating life mm. For myself and with you guys, and we are so grateful to both of you. Yes, thank you. For taking the time to come here and to share so bravely mm -hmm. and boldly and vulnerably and um, know that you are changing lives, mm -hmm. as are we, and mm -hmm. together yeah. we are going to change lives and make a difference, mm -hmm. and so we can't wait, can't wait to share more with you guys. Mm -hmm. Let's give a big round of applause to Katie and Jamie. Katie and Jamie. Katie and Jamie. We love them so much. Thank you guys so much. We'll have another podcast out to you soon. Yes. We can't wait. Find us. Um, talk to us. You can always get in contact with us at loveyourbelly at gmail.com. If you want more information or want to talk to us, we are certainly open to that. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. And what would be so cool about this is if we were able to take this conversation into one of our outlets, like mm -hmm. whether it be our Instagram or our Facebook or even our email and, and just – Connect with people and let them know that we're all the same. Yes, we're we all are. The same. So. so if you if you are willing, take a photo of your belly. Yes. Allow yourself to do that. Tag hashtag Love Your Belly Movement, and we'll talk to you guys on all our social media accounts. Yes, we love you. We love you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> <So excited. laughs>